This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lost Art of Communication podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a, an issue that many people have asked us to cover and many of our own clients have expressed difficulty with, which is the question of how to assert ourselves in a way that is not too aggressive or off-putting, but also not too meek. This is a very important issue that both of us have struggled with ourselves and are coming into our own. So today we're going to walk through some examples and some tips and tricks you can use to assert yourself in a pleasant way. Yeah, so like Trisha said, both her and I have had difficulties, you know, finding that balance of not being too aggressive and not being too meek. I was always the kid who was pushed around easily. I had literally been told as a child, like, it's so fun to make fun of you. It's just so easy. So I've had a lot of experience with this. Um, But now coming into my own, I feel like I finally learned about how to be more um, assertive. But then because of that, I've become slightly aggressive occasionally. So it's been a fine balance to try and find it. Um, But I think it'll be awesome today to talk about the tips and things that both me and Trisha think about to find that nice balance of being assertive in a pleasant way. That's really interesting what you're saying about when you were younger and people finding it easy to make fun of you or tease you. Obviously, for you, that must have been really difficult to try to speak up because if you were to speak up, what would their reactions be? And I find that this is a problem that many people have who are naturally more soft-spoken when a person who is historically known as being very quiet or very polite does speak up and try to assert themselves, sometimes people react like, whoa, now you're getting what you want or something like that. And they make a big deal out of it. And so then there's always this reinforcement when you're a child that's like, okay, if I speak up, it's going to draw a lot of attention to myself. I don't want all that attention. So I'm just not going to speak up. But it's a very important thing that we work through because Obviously, it's important to be able to assert yourself and get your needs met. For me, I think that I struggled with being assertive when I was younger, especially because I had such a strong desire to be polite. I always want and still want to make everyone else happy. And so sometimes I would feel like asking for what I want might take away from what would make the other person happy. So if someone says, what do you want to do? I say, I don't care, whatever, whatever you want to do, it's up to you. Instead of asserting myself and saying what it is that I truly wanted. Yeah, that is something. See, I I teeter on both lines. Like, I feel like I still have that difficulty today where it's like, I don't care whatever you want. But then I also have the difficulty of being too aggressive. I don't know. It's a weird balance and I'm excited to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's okay. Like both of us are pretty laid back. So if it's, oh, where do you want to go eat? It's hard sometimes to choose the restaurant. I'm not very decisive. So I appreciate it when someone else makes those decisions. So when I'm saying, oh, I don't care, it's not out of me not being assertive. It's me genuinely not caring, but it's in times where we do have an opinion and we do want something done that it's really important that we're able 
to do that in a way that's not going to offend or hurt someone else. So I was looking up some things last night um, to prepare for this episode, and I came across across, <laughs> across this quote, um, and I thought it really kind of embodied this whole episode. So it said, remember that being assertive is fully legitimate. You have needs, stand up for them. And I think that's so huge to remember. We are people, and we have our own opinions and our own thoughts, and we can't go through life not expressing them and not letting people know about them because we are just as important as every other person on this planet too. Um, and in an in interaction with two people, when you have to be a person to share your thoughts, like it is very important to know that your thoughts are legitimate, you have needs, and you are allowed to stand up for them. Your thoughts are no less than the person you are interacting with. Yeah, I think that's the whole point of this is you have needs, they deserve to be met, and as long as you are respecting both your needs as well as those of the other person, then we should be able to please everyone and make everyone happy. One important note on that is I like to remind myself and remind other people that it's not about trying to win. If you go into a conversation and you're asserting yourself or asking for something and you're trying to beat the other person, that's not going to help anyone involved. You may get what you want, but the person's not going to like you and it's everyone's going to be on the defensive. So remember that life is not a competition. If you're respectful of the other person's needs and respectful of your own needs, then that's the recipe for success. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even a fine line of balance too, is you're saying like, we have to make sure that they're happy as well. I think that's important in some parts, but then you also have to know your needs are important too. So keeping that idea of being pleasant, but also keeping the idea that like maybe the person isn't going to be super happy in the end of this, but it is important to know how strong your needs are and how strongly they need to be met. Kind of discerning between that, if that makes sense. So like, for example, if your need is super strong, like you need to eat because you are going to pass out, that's a super important need to vocalize and it's not gonna like be the worst thing in the world if the person you're interacting with isn't happy with that but if you're like um having a smaller need then yes it's more important to make sure both parties are happy yeah so as you're listening to this episode before we get into specific examples and tips think for a moment about your own communication style are you the person who doesn't express what you want because, or that doesn't assert themselves because you're thinking mostly about the needs of others? Or are you the person that has no qualms saying, this is what I want to do. Here's what we're doing now. In both cases, you want to make sure that you are striking that balance of considering the other person's feelings as well as respecting your own. Well said. <laughs> so let's get into some examples and how we can assert ourselves in a pleasant way. One general tip for asserting yourself, in my opinion, is to use direct verbiage with a kind tone and facial expression. Meaning, if the, recently I was at a restaurant with some friends and we didn't have any menus. 
So we were all sitting there like, oh gosh, we can't order because we don't have any menus. So the waiter came by and I said, excuse me, can we get four menus, please? And one of my friends was like, oh my gosh, that was just so direct. I just, wow, I just watched that happen so fast. How did you do that? You were just so on point. And to me, I'm like, I just asked for menus. I'm at a restaurant. We have a right to have menus. But what I was thinking back on was the fact that I didn't start as many people do and many women, I feel like, often do with, excuse me, I'm sorry, can we like, get some menus, please? We don't have to do the point. Excuse me, we need some menus. But also not, in my opinion, in an aggressive way. The waiter didn't seem annoyed or frustrated by my request. It's not that I demanded, we don't have menus. That would have been rude and that would have been aggressive and that would have been off-putting to the waiter. But it's saying what you want, we need menus in a way that is not offensive. Mm-hmm. And not overly pleasant either. So, or not overly apologetic. 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 Yeah. apologetic. You don't need yeah. to apologize for asking apologetic. for what you want. Mm-hmm. And what you are fully legitimate to acquire. <laughs> and what I think a big part of this is is also smiling. Like I was smiling when I asked that question. People sometimes think, no, this is what I want. I have to be tough. You don't have to be tough when you're asking for something. You can still be polite and direct. Those are not mutually exclusive terms. And I think they're often considered to be opposites and they're not. I think that's really important to remember because I forget that sometimes too. Sometimes I think I associate being polite with meek, but it's not. Being polite is also can be combined with being asserting your needs. Mm -hmm. I think a big part of this too, not to go too much into this, but we're both women and it's harder for women to do these. I feel like for women, especially we often use a lot of hedges, which means saying like, I think, and I feel, and those sorts of things before asking for what we want. And so in our heads, when we're trying to be the opposite of that quote-unquote weak person, we tend to think that we have to get rid of all the pleasantries or that smiling when you don't actually, smiling when you're asking a tough question undermines what you're asking for or makes you look weak. It doesn't. We're allowed to be pleasant and that's what will make us both direct and likable. Uh If we bulldoze over everyone, yes, we might get what we want, but no one's going to like us and that's no fun. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a big line to, like, balance on. Um, And it also depends very much on the context. Like, yes, smile when you're asking for menus. Nobody did anything to hurt you. Maybe don't smile if someone punched you in the face and you have to go, like, talk to that person or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, know the context. But I think it is very important to combine the politeness with the um, assertiveness. Mm Mm-hmm. Another tip is if you're trying to assert yourself for something, keep it simple and short. So sometimes we go into asking for something. So let's say Molly and I have a coffee date scheduled for Friday, which we don't because we live on opposite sides of the country, but let's just pretend. Let's say we had a FaceTime coffee date and I needed to switch it. I could say, hey Molly, can we move this to Saturday? Or I could say, hey, do you mind if we move this to Saturday because my hamster is having a freak out and I have to take him to the vet. I don't actually have a hamster, but let's just pretend. And go (laughs) on and on and on and give all these details. 
she's my friend. She would understand. It's not a big deal. But there's a difference between in the way I would come across in my confidence about what I'm asking if I say, hey, can we do this? Versus, hey, can we do this? Because this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And I think if I were to come back saying, well, why? Then yes, give me details shortly. But it's not needed at the very beginning. Especially in professional contexts. Oh, yes. If someone's, let's say you're a few minutes late for an interview, yes, apologize and acknowledge that you were late for the interview, but the person interviewing you probably doesn't care that there was so much traffic on Main Street that you had to wait, and then you spilled coffee, and you had to go clean up, and then this happened, and that happened. It's They don't really care, so just own it and say, I apologize for being late. Let's get started. Mm-hmm. And I think adding all the examples makes you feel makes you look weaker. Because you're being apologetic, right? Be careful with the word weak, but it makes you look less self-assured, in my opinion, and thus less assertive because you're not owning it. Yeah. Um, I think something else that you, um, that we had talked about was um, being specific as well. So going back to the example of like making a date with someone, I think it's one of my biggest pet peeves when people don't do this and it looks um, less self-assured is when you say like, oh, I'd love to catch up sometime or like, let's meet up. Um, you're not really being assertive and it doesn't really get your point across that you really are have desires and needs to, to be with that person or hang out with them. So I find it way more direct and um, I take it more seriously when someone tries to talk to me and say is says something like hey I'm free Friday at eight grabbing dinner sounds good things like that yes 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 definitely be being specific definitely makes you more assertive and it's easier to assert yourself instead of if you're setting up an appointment at work instead of saying let me know when works for you Say, offer a time. Say, how was Wednesday at four? That just makes it so much easier on the other person. So going back to what we mentioned at the beginning, my struggle with this often is when I'm trying to make the other person happy and fulfill their needs. What I forget is that often being assertive makes life easier for the other person. Mm-hmm. Personally, I love it when someone asserts themselves, especially if I'm trying to make friends or go on a date. I hate it when someone's like, okay, you let me know, or what do you want to do? It's like, just tell me what you want to make a plan. I love that assertion, and I appreciate that in professional context, in social context. It makes life easier for the other person. So don't be afraid. I think we're often afraid to say what we want or to suggest things because what if they don't like it but we forget that it often makes things a lot easier for the other person so worst case scenario it won't work for them and they'll say and they'll suggest another time but then you guys are both being specific and honest and direct and I think this can even apply in more situations um for example like in the professional world so if you are needing to get one of your needs met and you need to assert yourself, I think being specific helps in that context too. Say you need a new computer because yours is crap. (laughs) Being specific in why and what kind of computer would be better in that situation is so great. If you went into a meeting and said, hey, so my computer is kind of being a little wonky. Um, Is there anything we could do about that? They will say no or they will say, yeah, turn it off and turn it back on again. (laughs) 
Or if you went in and said, hey, my computer's acting up because this and this and this. So I was looking into computers. I found this one. That would be great. It's in our budget. Can we purchase that? Yeah. And that were, that's so perfect because you take the onus off of them to uh-huh. figure out a solution to the problem. You're coming to them with a solution. So let's say you're asking for a raise. If you go to your boss and you say, hey, I worked really hard. I feel like I deserve a raise this year. Now your boss has to sit down and quantify how much of a raise they think you deserve. And it's more work for them. And it's way easier for them to say no in that situation because they're just not going to do the work. What's the point? Yeah, it's yeah, it's so much easier to say no because you also look less confident in what you're asking versus if you go into that meeting and you say, because of X, Y, Z, I feel strongly that I deserve a 15% raise this year. 15%, there it's done. Then your boss can negotiate. Maybe he doesn't feel like that's a strong value or that's the correct amount, but it's a starting place and you've done the work for your boss. And so then they're going to be far less likely to say, no, you come across as being more assertive. You get your direct needs met and you make life easier for them. And you made a still, and you still made a good impression on them. Mm-hmm. Another thing in that sort of context, when you're asking for something is to take ownership. So for example, saying I need XYZ, I need a new computer. I need a raise versus you're not giving me XYZ. When you put it on the other person, it's going to be more offensive for them. They're going to start to become defensive and you're blaming your unmet needs on them. It might be their fault that they're not meeting your needs, but by saying you're not doing this for me, as opposed to, I really need a 30 minute break every five hours or something like that. Make it, again, specific, but also put it in terms of yourself and not the other person. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you guys have heard this, like using I versus you language, but it's so easy to forget in the heat of the moment. But it's so important, and it makes such a big difference in those times when you need to be assertive and get your needs met. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another super important point is to... And going back to what we were saying before about considering what other people are feeling, you can always start something that might come across as very assertive or very direct with a disarming statement. And by that, I mean compliment the other person genuinely. Don't give a false compliment, but say something positive about the other person or their work or whatever it is that you're discussing. Validate how they're feeling. I see where you're coming from with this. Totally understand that. But then express what your needs are. So for example, if I am reviewing a presentation by my team and I want to give them some feedback because it's not actually fulfilling the needs of what I need as their manager. So I could start with, you guys did such an excellent job. I love the colors. I love the graphics. I love the overall layout. What I really would love to see is a little bit more specificity in the context. Something like that, where you, I asserted myself in saying the thing that is missing and the thing that I need. Didn't say, you guys didn't include this, but starting with the positive to make them feel good and to, because there are always genuine positives that you can find and there's no need to dwell on the negative. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes that line of being assertive versus aggressive way clearer. I think it comes off aggressive if you just start off straight with the negative. 
and it comes off more assertive and leaving a good taste in the other person's mouth when you start off with something positive um, to let them know you do respect them as a person as opposed to not respecting them and just going into getting angry at seemingly. Mm-hmm. So I know, Molly, you mentioned before the issue of passive-aggressive roommates before we started filming or recording. Is there... Are there any examples or things that come to mind based on what we're talking about with that? I mean, I think that's something I've dealt with a lot. Um, And I think it's gotten way better in the future. But, yeah, that's one of my biggest pet peeves because being passive-aggressive is not being assertive either. You are coming off rude, and it's not leaving a good taste in your mouth. So, for example... There are times when um, in my old apartments, like, the oven would be super messy and gross, <laughs> um, which is common. And so we would all just, like, not clean it if it wasn't our mess, and nobody spoke of it ever. And so one day, finally, I was just like, hey, guys, the kitchen's always really gross. <laughs> Let's do something about it. And everyone's like, yeah, it is. I've been really bugged about that, like, la di da da And everyone was getting so frustrated internally Um, and then becoming passive-aggressive towards everybody. So everyone felt this negative tension in the house, but nobody was really asserting themselves enough to make a positive change. So by saying, like, uh, validating the fact that everyone knows it and thinks it, because I felt everyone's passive-aggressive tension, saying, hey, guys, um, kitchen's always messy. Let's, Let's find a, like... And what I did was I made a specific example of, like, hey, let's make a rotating cleaning chart so we all have that, like, pattern. And we did, and it worked out for a little bit. Um, and it made everyone feel comfortable again in the house. Mm-hmm. So I love that you provided a solution with the mm-hmm. rotating schedule. I'm not sure exactly how you worded it in the moment, but just thinking of the last point that we made, disarming people, uh, if you anyone listening is going through a similar thing, you can start the conversation with something like, hey guys, I know that we're all super busy. You have school, you have work, we all have a million things going on. There's little time to clean the kitchen, but it's starting to become a hygiene issue that I'm personally bothered by. How are you guys feeling about it? Ask how they're feeling And then in Molly's case, everyone happened to agree. And so that might be the case. And remember that too, when you're asserting yourself is that a lot of times people will agree with you probably more often than we think. And so Molly was voicing her, what she was thinking and everyone else was on the same page, but by voicing it, everyone was allowed to come out and say it. And so if you're not sure how other people are going to react, you can always start with something like that, like asking a question, how do you guys feel about this? Personally, it's grossing me out. And then if they agree and say, great, here's what I've come up with for a solution. That's a perfect way to assert yourself because you're validating the other person, providing a solution. You're not blaming them. You're taking ownership for it as well. And then this problem gets solved. Mm -hmm. And I think going back to the disarming thing, but a way to disarm people, the way I used was humor is because I was so aware of everyone's thoughts already, I had heard in passing being like, yeah, like talking about the third roommate in like our... So for example, people would in the house talk about the other person in confidence to me. So like, oh my gosh, she's not cleaning up the dishes. And then the other person would be like, yeah, she's not cleaning up the dishes. So I knew everyone's thoughts. So I used the skill of being humorous to disarm everyone too. Being like, hey guys, we've all noticed this. And I made a joke about something. And that kind of disarmed everyone too. 
So I think there's different ways to do it. Um, and then, yeah, exactly. Adding that solution was so helpful for everybody. And they didn't get mad at me being like, yeah, I know. What are we going to do about it? <laughs> it came off really nice. Yeah, I think humor is a great idea. seems like it worked out really well in this case. Yeah. And I know um, we've had a lot of requests from other people to talk about this topic. So I would love to hear more situations from you guys. We could maybe do an episode on like answering the questions that you guys have about this. Um, to have more examples to go off of. Yeah. And the other last point I just want to make is when you do assert yourself and you get what you want, express gratitude for the fact that the person is validating your needs and be grateful. And then this can be tricky and awkward. And sometimes you're going to try to be assertive and it's going to come out weird and it might come out like, Oh, really awkward and meek. And sometimes it might come out as way too aggressive, but it takes practice Each time you practice it and it works out well, be grateful both to yourself as well as to the other person involved. Yes, I'm the biggest fan of being grateful after um, any interaction, really. People get annoyed with me. My roommate actually doesn't like the fact that I say I appreciate you so much. We have a joke now. But I really do like to let people know that I am appreciative of them listening to the needs that I shared and that they met them. Yeah. All right, so these are all good strategies, we think, for being more assertive rather than aggressive. Molly, do you have any take-home homework for this week? So take-home homework, I think, would be... Hmm. We didn't really talk about this, but (laughs) if you have a need that you want to get met, play out the situation in your head first so you don't get overrun by your emotions in that time when you need to share your thoughts. Um, And remember the tips that we shared. Um, Just role play it in your head of how you want it to go. I love that. Practicing it is so important. And sometimes my clients, when I advise them to do that, they like roll their eyes. Like, oh, it's like, no, we're going to practice it. Find someone else to practice it with too. If you're having, for example, to ask your boss for a raise, that's a really sensitive issue and it can be uncomfortable. So don't be afraid to rehearse it. If you don't have a person to practice it with, record yourself doing that, saying that conversation, because the first time you say it's going to be the hardest. And then by recording yourself and watching it back, you can hear how your tone of voice sounds. You can watch your face. That's actually my take on this. Think of a specific example of a need that is not being met and then practice asserting yourself asking for that need. So you want to start with a disarming statement. You want to use direct verbiage with a kind tone of voice and facial expressions. This is where recording yourself is imperative or practicing with another person that can give you feedback and come up with a solution for meeting your needs. So make sure you have all of those things, write it out if you need to, maybe not word for word, but bullet points, practice it. And then when you go into the conversation, know that it might not go as it did during practice and that's okay. But each time you practice it and do it in real life, then the more experience you have, and then the easier it'll get asserting yourself the next time. That's a really big thing to keep in mind is this doesn't happen overnight. For me, even when my friend said, wow, that was so direct, Trisha, you're so direct. When I asked for the menus, I was like, oh, (laughs) am I? Like, I am not used (laughs) to being that person. I'm not used to being the person that just like, here's what I want. Let me get it. And so it's getting that feedback in those little comments that you realize over time that I've been thinking about this for a while. 
And so over time you start to do them naturally. And then one day it just, it just happens, but it doesn't happen overnight. So just remember to be kind with yourself as you go on that journey. Yep. It takes practice, but yeah, practice helps you get more confident with it. And confident makes you come off as more pleasant and assertive. And if you're the person that falls on the other end of the spectrum and you constantly get feedback that you're too aggressive, I would recommend, again, filming yourself and trying to see where you can soften soften up your delivery. Because if it sounds aggressive, either you're not disarming people or you're not providing a solution or it's your tone. A lot of times it's just the tone of voice in the face. We need menus can be offensive compared to we need menus, please. Add in the place. And also taking into account the fact that that person is also a human and they have thoughts and feelings. So it's not their fault they didn't grab the menus, or it is, but they also have a whole 12 other tables they have to attend to. Yeah, and you can say that. Say, I've noticed you're super busy in here, no rush, but when you get a chance, can we get some menus? Yep, and that's that disarming statement, so. Exactly. Cool. cool. Thank you for listening. If you have, as Molly mentioned, any scenarios where you want to walk through ways that you can adjust your delivery to be pleasantly assertive, please feel free to email us at lostartofcommunication at gmail.com. You can even Facebook message us at Lost Art of Communication on Facebook or direct message us on Instagram, Lost Art of Communication as well. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you soon. Bye.